Welcome to the Builders Podcast, Episode 11, a conversation with Dolan White. Thanks for listening in today, Builders Crew. My name is Matt Levenhagen, your host. The Builders Podcast is designed for those that are building stuff on the web. Whether that's building a business, an agency, building teams, building products, services, or building websites. If it's related to building something, it's fair game. Some of our episodes are solo, where I just step you through various topics that I have experience with. Others will include guests or friends that share their experience. You can check out past episodes, future ones, and my blog at mattlevenhagen.com. So in this episode, we're actually going to talk with my good friend, Dolan White. The following is a conversation we had the other day about business, about keeping things simple, finding balance in your business, not getting overwhelmed. I'm so excited to share this with you. It was a great conversation. Enjoy. Hello, Mr. Dolan White. How are you? Good. Hello, Mr. Levenhagen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, pleasure's all mine, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so this is exciting. I, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day and your busy schedule to uh, spend a little time with me today in my audience, my yeah. small but hopefully growing audience. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we start here? Well, you know, I can tell people a little bit about how I know you, but for, let's start with you. Let's let, what, what's your, who are you? Who is Dolan White? Why, why should we be listening to you today? (laughs) (laughs) That's a question. I often wonder why people listen to me. And I sometimes think it's because of the, it's, it's gotta be gray hair or white hair now, almost at this point in time, but no, I have, um, I come from a, I'm blessed. I have a, a long career that start, I started out, uh, actually, I can give you the whole career in like 60 seconds. Yeah. I, my, my first job was a chef. I was a chef for about uh, 13 years. So I'm very good with a knife. If anybody ever needs a knife person to wield a knife, I'm, I'm really good with a knife and still cook all the time. But uh, I left that industry and fell into technology kind of backwards. I was with a, with a, I actually became the controller for a plumbing contractor which was another story and, and discovered how to write software code. Cause I didn't like what our software was doing. This was back in the eighties and it was all really hard stuff. It was uncompiled basic. So it was pretty straightforward. So, so I learned how to make it do what I wanted it to do. Fell in love with technology and kind of grew up in various roles in the technology industry, worked for IBM and spent 11 years at Novell and semantic and a bunch of Alteris and, and, um, across the span of my career went from being a technologist. There's this kind of point in technology where you split, right? You become really good at technology or you become a manager, which is probably lower skilled. So I decided I would go, go into management. It was trusted with running large teams and big sales quotas and used to carry one point in time. I think I carried a couple hundred million dollar sales quota and Lots, lots of stuff, teams of two or 300 people and, and was blessed to be able to do that. As part of that, some of the things I discovered was if you're going to manage people, you probably should understand business. Right. So you know why you're managing them and you know 
kind of what outcome you're working towards. So I could have put myself back in school and studied finance, studied leadership, studied marketing, studied all kind of a lot of ancillary things in companies so that I could be better at what I did leading people and understand kind of how teams would interact. And, and, um, and it changed my career. And I, and I would actually bring my consultants, my engineers in once a quarter, bring all of my consultants into a room and I would teach them math for a day. So I'd teach them how to read P&Ls and teach them how to, what marketing was about and teach them how to, how to do sales and how to talk and, uh, which was which was fun because I could see a lot of those consultants that were really technical, geeky kind of guys and ladies, not to be completely gender specific, um, could come in and and start to thrive because they started the the lights started clicking on on why the hell am I doing this? Right, right. And so I got a chance also to then later in in career in leading teams to go travel. I went to 15, 14, 15 countries teaching professionalism and leadership and business skills, still in this kind of the same industry. From there, I had this ancillary offer to join this company called Rapid Crush. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Rapid Crush is a marketing firm based in Southern California. You may or may not be familiar with it. I might. You may be a little bit. And the deal was I was going to join Rapid Crush as the chief technology officer. So I got there and on day 88, I got called in by the two founders and they said, we really think that you're not suited to be the CTO and we'd rather you just be the CEO of the company. So I was became CEO and, it, and I had until dessert, it was over dinner. So I was given until dessert to come to a decision on whether I wanted to do this or not. And no pressure. So I, so I became CEO. And was CEO of Rapid Crush for four and a half years, give or take a nickel. Left Rapid Crush right at the beginning of COVID, started my own consultancy, had fun for a year consulting with companies on business growth and leadership skills and co-chaired a leadership mindset, uh, a mastermind uh, with a gentleman named Blaine Bartlett. And then, and then uh, in January of this year, accepted an offer to be chief operating officer for a company called Brave Thinking Institute. And um, so now I'm leading uh, leading a team of 88 people and and a 35 million dollar company and taking it from 35 to 50 to 100 and back into the growth cycle again. So long story, long answer. And by now the the interview is the interview over at this yeah, point. Right, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, this is this is fantastic. I I love that you kind of laid the groundwork there um, in your background because. Um, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, you are going to be a regular guest on the <laughs> There's so much that we could probably extract from you with all your experience. It's amazing. You know, we were talking before we started recording this, we were talking about how, you know, we look back at the experiences we've had over a career or businesses and, and the people we meet and all, and all that stuff and how some of that you know, like I was talking today about somebody that popped up that knew me from years ago and when I was yeah. doing PPC marketing. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing, you know, and I'm sure you have those experiences all the time too. But 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 that's exciting. Yeah. So 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 the audience knows how, you know, kind of how I Dolan and I know each other. It was from the rapid crush years. Indeed. Indeed. I remember uh, we were actually at a 
it was what did they call them? Um, an employee appreciation weekend at uh, in California somewhere, something like that, um, San Diego or something. And uh, and that's when I first met you. I think you were just coming. You weren't CEO yet, so you're no. a guy. And we sat down and talked about WordPress themes. Yeah, what we were going to do with those. And yeah, yeah. So I, I remember that like like it was yesterday. Like I was sitting down on the on the deck and and just uh, ha- I think Dan was there. Yeah, um, programmer, uh, another programmer at Rapid Crush. Um, but yeah, and that's where that started. And uh, I I just remember. I, I, I learned a lot from you and especially about running teams and building a team and stuff. And, and you got me to go out and get my scrum certification and, and yeah. that I'm, even though I've kind of let that certification kind of go away, those lessons are still baked into everything I do. So it's very cool. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And since, uh, since they got out of the WordPress business, I, I left of course. And then, uh, yeah, we've stayed, in t- we've stayed in touch and, uh, I consider us good friends and I'm sure we will be for years. It's, it's fun yeah. following along your, with your career. Yeah, me um, too. So, yeah. So now that we've laid that groundwork, um, we had to talk yeah. about a topic that we wanted to kind of, you talked or something you thought you'd want to talk about today, which is, uh, Keeping things simple, or something along those lines. Not something, overwhelmed. Yeah, something kind of like that. Yes. I think that's like like for my audience, as small yeah. as it is, but it's the audience I envision I'll have, you know, in the coming years. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Kind of my target is is folks that are smaller businesses, maybe freelancers or agencies starting out or trying to make that transition. Sure. Uh, uh, small, medium size, maybe I. I don't know who's going to listen to me, but. Um, but uh, yes, it's it's definitely one of those situations where uh, any business can be overwhelming, and so I'm interested to hear your thoughts around that. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting, it's, especially when you think about small small to medium sized businesses, right? The solopreneur, like, like I spent my year and three or four months as a solopreneur, and and uh, did lots of good things, did lots of things that weren't, you know, all that bright. And, but we learn by, we learn by doing those things, but uh, you know, there's just kind of some basic things. I think that small to medium sized businesses, and there's probably a lot of sirens going off on my shoulder. They're not coming for me. They're, yeah, <laughs> I move frequently, so they can't find me. Um, but, but the, uh, but from a, from a small business perspective, there's, you know, I, we, to your point, we talked about uh, kind of previously just kind of alluded to this thing, called S3. There's a guy out there, his name is Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. And Jim is an interesting gentleman. I've not met him, but I've read read his books and I've seen him in interviews. And as we all feel intimate watching people on YouTube and Jim teaches mnemonics. So he teaches people how to remember things. And one of the things that stuck in my brain in one of his conversations that I really liked, and, and it actually became part of my methodology with my clients for, for a long time was this concept of S3, which is simple, small steps. And a lot of times in businesses, I see people, and particularly a lot of some of the clients I was coaching, they would start with the number. Uh, I've got to get to a million dollars and I'm gonna, and that was their goal. And they'd put it on a plaque and they'd put it on the wall and they would, you know, think about, Ah, you know, I'm going to get to a million dollars. And then as the year went on, would go on, 
thinking about that million dollar goal. And it became even more elusive because they weren't getting anywhere closer to it. And so they would start to develop frustration and anxiety and work performance issues. And as a solopreneur, it's hard to have work performance issues because you're your own boss and you can't even call in sick because your boss knows you're lying. So they have, it just happens. So they, we spent, we would spend time talking about it's, it's, you have the goal, have the vision, think about what's out there, but break it, but kind of think backwards from that. And the easiest thing to think about is in particularly during the past year through the COVID kind of the, everything that went on with COVID and the challenge with supply chains and all the other things that came along with it. It's a little different, a little different now, but not really too different for probably the next four to eight years um, financially. But I would tell them, just think about simple, small things. What can I do today to move one step closer to my goal? And every night when you end your day, take a piece of paper and write down one win. What did I do today that was good? And the next morning when you got up, read that. When you get up, read that win. Start your day with a win. Yesterday I did this and it was good. And then start your next day with no more than three goals. Three is the, like the max you can do. So you should have one big rock and then maybe a couple of small things. But do simple, small things that would move people along down their path. So you're not, th- you're, you're not thinking about, I've got to get to a million dollars today. Maybe it's today I need to get to 10 people. I was coaching a, a young man a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in Bahrain about his webinar and similar conversation. And it was, so I want to get to a million dollars. And it's okay. Okay. Let me give you your first goal. Get 10 people on a webinar. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Start there. Just start easy. And if you don't get 10, don't beat yourself up. If you get zero, do the webinar anyway. I'm a musician and, and played in clubs and played large stages, small stages, big venues, thousands of people, to little venues, empty rooms. And when you're playing an empty room, we always had the same, we had the same rule. You just, you, you play at the same level, you play in an empty room that you play with when you're playing for 6,000 people. Right. Play with the same intensity, play with the same veracity, go for it. That's right. And uh, you can tell more jokes, but you can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so to your point, Matt, you know, I think, I think people get, you know, especially small businesses, solopreneurs, they can get hung up on that, on that big thing out there without thinking about what can I do today just to move one step closer. And because when you can focus on that big thing out there, I feel like I'm talking for a long time on it, but if, when you're focused on that big thing out there, yeah. what your, your nemesis is getting ready. I've got to, I got to, I got to get my website ready and I've got to get my webinar done and I get to get the slides perfect. And I don't like the fonts. I got to get the colors done. And I don't like the way this, this, I don't like the way I look in this picture. So I'm going to go get new pictures. And so all the things to get ready to go, just go. Yeah, for sure. I I can relate to that in my own business, but I also see just uh, what you just said there where, um, even when it, taking a website into consideration as just kind of a, a micro idea of this, like um, mm-hmm. I have I have a client who um, 
God bless her. Love her to death. Um, I enjoy working for her. She's a, she's a great client. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do notice that, you know, she gets hung up in a lot of the technical details. And it's always yes. what we're going to do now before she gets started. So I'm actually working with somebody else with her. She's got a kind of accountability partner as well. And cool. it's this, she, she wants to uh, write content. She's got an idea. She wants to sell stuff on her, more stuff on her site. This is an older site. She makes money now, but um, she wants to scale that up. But it's always, so I've, I've helped her do this and then this and then this. And I'm like, after we do this, you know, you're going to be able to, I'm, I keep telling her, I'm like, then you can start writing content. You can start building your business. And yeah. then uh, recently it was, uh, she had to get this other technical thing done. Uh, and then she could start doing, you know, so she keeps pushing it down, down the track. And oh yeah, so, and I, I think that's, that kind of ties in where it's like, you know, you think about all the stuff you have to do when you, like you said, you just get started, just do it. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Cause it's, it is. Um, I think we are, we get, we're uncomfortable doing stuff because we just, we just, we just are right. We just, we're comfortable being comfortable and it's, and it's hard to put ourselves into a spot to where we do something new. Uh, there's a, there's a saying that I had keep on my screen and it, and it's a uh, Denzel Washington saying, and it says to get something you never have you uh, to get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. There you go. And I like that saying because it, re it reminds me every day to just do one, even still for me, it's like stretch. There's those moments where, you know, you feel like who in the heck is going to listen to me? Sure. And sooner or later, they're going to figure out I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting, and all these years, my entire career, the 30 plus, almost 40 years of my career, I've been guessing wrong. So they're going to come tell me that. So there's, so I think people, it's easy to like your, for your client, you know, it's, it's kind of, it becomes a comfortable crutch. I got to, I'm going to do this technology thing rather than pick the phone up and call two potential clients. Right. Right. Or, or we're talking to you, you know, she has all this, you know, she's got years, this is a 20 plus year site. It's got years and years of all this old content. We had a conversation. She was like, I, I need to update that content. I need to, I need to go back. Yeah. yeah. Update all my old content. I said, no, you don't start writing new content, you know, just start today. You know, yes. you got yeah, yeah. from where you are, you can slowly, if you want to slowly update that content over time and improve it or whatever, but just worry about, just start writing new content. The search engines will love you, but yeah, it's, it's those conversations. <laughs> it's interesting. Good point. Yes. There's reasons why you write new content. New content. Yes. 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 <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and, and in my own business too, you know, like when I started out with unified web design, you know, I, I, first of all, in the beginning, I didn't know where I was going with it hundred percent. You know, mm -hmm. I, I been a freelancer before I worked for rapid crush as a web developer and sure. And um, so I had years of experience doing that, but uh, the leap from just the mental leap from just being a freelancer to building an agency Am I even competent to do that? Am I, can I even do that or think about it on that large of a scale? And so, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I know I can do whatever I, I put my mind to, but you can, um, but I 
broke it down, like you said, into simple steps, simple, every day I would work towards something. First, my first thing was to build that website. Okay, now I got a website. I got a domain, now I got a name for my business. Now I'm going to do with that. Now, you know, just kind of work through projects and then slowly over time, then I get a project I need to outsource somebody for. Now I worry about it then. I, I didn't worry about it six months ago because I didn't need any, I didn't, wasn't outsourcing. I wasn't, didn't need to build a team. Yeah. And as the business has grown and I've gotten more clients, I now I'm thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I just take it step by step by step. And like you said, kind of like on a daily thing, like what am I going to do today, you know, and just rotate through things and, and, you know, knock stuff out. But yeah, I, I'm sure there's, especially when I look at from, from somebody that's thinking about possibly building an agency, it's got, it's like, there's so much to think about there. Uh, there's so many oh. things to do. And especially if you, if you really just like, I think a business plan is good, but it can also be probably bad from a mental perspective because it's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to hire all these people and to do yeah. it. Um, I was actually, so I wanted to share this with you over the, yeah. week, over the weekend. Cause I knew what we were talking about today. And over the weekend, I talked to my father. Now my dad is, he's 75 um older gentleman but like you he's had a long storied career you know and and midway through his life he went back to school too and all this stuff and sure he knows a lot about business and so we have conversations and we had this conversation uh I, i was telling him kind of like we were talking about like i kind of where I am now and like I'm I all the all the hats I wear and but I'm hiring people and they're replacing me and uh you know helping me with this and that and and at, at some point he's just like wait a minute he said uh or he, he just like out of the blue is just like I have a test for you now he you know first of all you know he's pretty sharp for 75 right I was actually I he I, I was like kind of in shock that he, you know, he, he stopped me first. And then, then all of a sudden, the next thing he said, I'm like, how does he even remember all this? Cause he had probably gone to school like in the eighties, you know? Yeah. Um, but he's like, what he said, uh, what are the five managerial functions? Do you know the five managerial functions? <laughs> Off the top of your head. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. Too. I would have to go pull my Peter Drucker book out. Yeah. <laughs> To reread the effective executive to pull that pull that out. So I know. So so like he's like, well, first of all, he's like, you know, I got a degree in supervisory management, right? And and he's like, so there the five managerial functions are planning, organizing, um, staffing, directing, and controlling. Right. Okay. I'm like, okay. And he said, if you try to do every function in there, you're going to go crazy. You're, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And, and it, it made me pause. Yeah. <laughs> it made me pause. But at the same time, like, I kind of rebutted that a little bit. I said, you know, well, that's true in a larger company, right? When you're first starting out, though, you kind of have to wear all the hats. And you're not going to, it's not going to be as, as overwhelming to do a lot of those things. Because you're a small yeah. business. You're not doing as much stuff. Right. Yes. As you grow, you have to grow into that and, and give it to other people. But it was just really funny when he when he brought that up. That's, I'm like, that's really it. That's interesting. That yeah, the, yeah, I love it when 
would dads do that? Being a dad myself, it's fun. Right. I love doing stuff like that to my boys. It's kind of like, wait a minute, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> and then just the nature of dads asking everybody's, you know, you're always, as a son, you sit instantly sit up taller. Right. Right. And it's like, well, okay, do, do I get anything if I answer this right? Is there... <laughs> Am I being reprimanded? What, hey, what are we doing? Especially when they say your full name, yeah. then you know you're. That's when you got to pay attention. <laughs> no, it's interesting you see that because, to your point, there's a. It's, it's funny. One of the things that I'm, I'm blessed that I get to keep doing inside of inside of the brain thinking as a COO is is I do a weekly do some weekly leadership coaching with, with some of the individuals one on one. And one of the conversations we have is the difference between leading and managing. And there's a list between kind of what the difference with what they do. And there's, there's times you got to be a manager and there's times you got to be a leader and how you ban it, how you balance that, you know, the time between the two. But, but I agree with you. I think, you know, as a solopreneur and a, or a small business and your business is growing. So it's fun to watch. You know, you bring on your VA and other people around you. And, and we were talking last time we spoke about some of the things that you've delegated to your VA. And, and it ends with a sentence of, I no longer do that. Right. And, and it's a, which frees you up to do something else mm-hmm. that's of value to the business. And it's, it's an interesting transition. And there's a, as a solopreneur, when people are in that mode, the thing I always tell them is think about, there's a great book out there by David Allen called Getting Things Done. Oh, read it. Yep. And it's, and it's a good book for a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good book for anybody, but it's a great solopreneur book. But the thing I tell them is, look, just think about it easy when you're, you know, there's guys out there that talk about, oh, you got to, you know, Michael Hyatt and Craig Ballantyne, and you got to join the 5 a.m. club and you got to be up at five o'clock in the morning. No, you don't. You get up when you get up. And that's appropriate for your business. Don't get hung up on 5 a.m. You know, some of us have to get up at five because we're old now and we can't sleep past that point in time. But when you go into your day, time box your day and time box your week. So in your calendar, your calendar becomes your secret weapon. And in your calendar, you block out non-prime time business hours. Like if you're in a, you know, a business where you're selling a product, as an example, you want to be able to Tuesday to Thursday or whatever peak sales days there are during peak sales hours, be focused on selling. So you box those hours out in your calendar so that they're available. And then, then there's a day you've got to do finances. Box those hours and set it as a recurring task. So on Friday morning, you get up and you do your week closing finance or at four o'clock, but time box your day. So you become more effective and it forces you into rigor of just, well, it, it eliminates the, I'll get around to it statement. Sure. Yeah. I'll get, I've met actually, I'll have to mail you one. I do have, a, I've got a box of round to it's out in my garage. I found the other day. <laughs> I do. And anyway, um, have to send you one but but there's as a solopreneur it does that then as you shift and grow because you've kind of built that rigor you can apply that rigor to your to the shift in your business so as you delegate things off and tasks as you kind of the things you no longer do then you can take that block of time and reallocate it to something else you don't just open it up you just say okay now 
I can reallocate that time to this. Right. And go one, go one rung up, just go one rung up, just keep going up one rung. Um, and, but it is, it is interesting because there were times, you know, as Dolan White, the consultant dude for the, for the 14 months or so, you know, I had to work on my website. <laughs> I had to do stuff, but I would allocate like Saturday mornings for that. Right. Yeah. And I'd get up and work on my website or get all my marketing done on Sunday so that I didn't have to think about it during the week. Um, yeah. It's funny. You it, say helped, yeah. it eliminates excuses. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and when you said the marketing thing on Sundays, uh, I'm kind of doing that myself. Like, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm actually um, also listening. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of reading a book called Atomic Habits right now. Good book. Uh, yeah. And book. the author. Uh, I don't know well enough to know the author. I'm on my head. I'm show if I can spin around and grab it, but it'll take me too long to find it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so so that's another thing that kind of uh, ties into this is creating these habits and around your days. I, I think of it almost as like I kind I kind of feel like I kind of cycle through things like I'm like when I think about the hats, like I, I I'm really good at at blocking things out and just focusing on at the task at hand, not worry about the big picture at the moment. So uh, so I'll be you know I'm a web developer one moment, I'm I'm project manager another moment, I'm helping the team with another moment. Um, yeah. I do my accounting. I'm doing writing proposals. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, you know, writing up uh, requirements for some a developer to help me with something or all these different things. But I just kind of cycle through it. But you're right. It, it's it's I'm also finding it's important to block that time during the week. Um, I got to use the calendar more, though. I don't I don't actually block it out on the calendar physically. Like mm. I just think of certain days that I'm doing certain things like. Friday afternoons, I'm going to block out a couple hours to do a podcast. Yeah. Marketing right now is, is a kind of a, but it's more of a, I say Saturday, Sunday, but it usually ends up being Sunday uh, where I, it's not marketing so much as it's right. That's when I do my content. Yes. And cool. So I write, I've been writing a couple articles. I put together a bunch of content for my VA to help distribute throughout the week and, and stuff. So that's something I'm doing there. And, and, and if somebody's starting out, that all sounds like, oh, that's a lot, lot to think about and do, and 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 oh, yeah. burn me out. I think about Elon Musk all the time. He talks about his hundred-hour weeks. It's hundred-hour weeks, but he's traveling a lot. He's doing different. When you do, I find when I do different things, it doesn't burn. Like if I just coded every day, ten hours a day for six days or seven days a week, I probably get burned out. But when you're going from doing, yeah. you know, doing some accounting, doing some development, doing some design, doing, um, you know, uh, and when I'm doing content on the weekends, it's not a big deal. It's just like, because it's kind of like a hobby. I'm just doing something and it's a completely different mental switch. It's it's something else you're doing. And so you don't get burned out as easy. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, so Elon's he's an he's an interesting dude. He's you know part of it too. He's a hundred hours a week because he's a, he's also OCD. So <laughs> right, yeah, you know. So I think he because has to work a hundred hours a week sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although he's done amazing stuff, and he's got he's got a really interesting career history. Okay. But but no, I think I think you're you know you're onto something. And to to your point, you know, a lot of times small business owners and solopreneurs get 
they get focused on, I've got to write, there's the old school stuff, right? That says, I've got to write a, a one-year, three-year, five-year business plan. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Write a one-year plan. This is where I'd like to be at the end of the year. Write a two-year vision on where you'd like to be because we're in a, we're, blessed to be in this weird time where, you know, it's, it's financial world. It's a little financial unstable. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. So write a one-year business plan, write a two-year vision on where you'd like to be at the end of two years and keep your one-year plan to like 12 bullets. Keep it short, sweet to the point. This is where I'm going. Here's where I think it's going to be. And don't write a dissertation. Mm-hmm. But then focus on the next 90 days, yeah. focus on the next 60 days, 30 days, break it down into break it down backwards. And if you know, it's, it's kind of like saying, if I'm going to, like, if you're going to go to the grocery store, we tend to, we focus on, I'm going to go to the grocery store and it's in the X part of town. So I know in order to get to the grocery store, I've got to leave my, I've got to put my pants on. I've got to go out, well, well, most of the time, go out to the car, get in the car, start the car, leave the driveway, turn right, go two blocks, turn right. So you, so when you think of going to the grocery store, the grocery store is the place. Hmm. It's the little things that you've done to get there. Right. And it's no difference, no difference in business. I want to get to this goal. Well, put some pants on and I've got to back out of the driveway and then I've got to call Fred and I've got to go get gas. And then I've got a same sort of thing. Just break it down into break it down into those kinds of steps. Um, There's no, it's, it's it's kind of like when you think of writing like a three-year business plan, I always think of it as kind of like going on vacation without a map, you know, where you want to, you kind of, I want to end up in Wyoming. Yeah. And it may be a good part of Wyoming or not necessarily where you want to be in Wyoming. And you get there because you ran out of gas. So wherever you ran out of gas, you better be happy. Yeah. Because right. you're done. Yeah. For so sure. yeah. just break it, break, keep breaking it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause I, you know, like for my agency, like I, I have this like 10 year vision because just because probably partly, cause I just turned 50 so like I, I gotta think about where I want to be when I'm 60 now. Yeah, know? exactly. Yes, you do. And I want to be in a good position because I'm gonna be old. Oh yeah. 50. <laughs> Ancient. Oh, like, I'm surprised at 50 things start dropping off. So that's okay. <laughs> you wake up and things are gone. Yeah. But no, I you know, and I cause I kind of have a number in my head, you know, it, you know, <laughs> what what I like what I would want to be where I'd want to be at that point. Sure. But but then I forget about it. Then it's like, and I just focus in on, you know, what I'm doing today to get me, you know, to the next step. And, and I like the year plan because I don't really think about three and five years. So like you said, I mean, it's hard to think about that even like, what are you going to, how do you know where you're even going to be in a year? Um, yeah. Especially in the beginning, like in my type of business, uh, building this agency, it's just, it's fluid. Like it's it what we're doing today is is not 100% what i envisioned 2 years ago for sure like i didn't know how it was going to develop and where i was going to end up but i remember my first year in business it was just doing business getting business that was my focus like that's on the next client and the next project that's all i was thinking yeah, yeah. about i didn't that's have a perfect team, you know yeah and but i knew that if i did need help i would just be outsourcing 
on a one by, you know, case by case basis. So that was my goal in the first year, second yeah. year kind of expanded on that. By the end of the second year, it was, it was, then I started thinking about team and, and, um, um, and then some things happened that were made it easier. Um, and now this year it's about, I'm kind of happy with where my team is now. It's just like, you know, just it, last year too, it was, it was taking, I made the decision to just take care of the clients I had and not worry about getting new business. So the first year was like new business. And second year was like, let's just really build some great relationships with different agencies and stuff. And cool. this year it's building on that. So yeah, it's always just like, I'm always thinking only sh- short term to get to the next step. Yeah, yeah, and just just so there's forward progress and growth, I'm happy. So yeah, it's interesting you say that because there's a what you were what you just talked about was really two really important steps in business. The first step is growth, right? Growth means I spend a buck to get a buck. I got to go. I have to acquire a customer, which means you've got to do things to acquire a customer, right? And there's and you either pay for that activity of acquiring the customer in one of two ways: time or money. Yeah. Kind of pretty much that's how it is. It's those those are the two currencies that you pay for, and there's value to both. And um, and some and there's reasons you do both. So there's growth from growth, and that's the that's kind of a one-to-one correlation. I'm gonna pay a buck to get a buck. And the, the second part is is scale, which is which is really interesting to hear you say that, which is scale is you have customers. And now it's how do I how do I do more with those customers and how do I do it more efficiently? How do I do it without incurring more cost? Right. Yep. And when you do that, there's a huge benefit to the customer because they feel there's a next time we talk, maybe if, if I'm invited back ever again, um, we'll talk about customers and some the 10 core principles I, I believe about customers, but but the in the growth phase, that customers are in growth, it's one-to-one. So they get your attention, they get your love, they get the all the stuff, but you're really focused on acquisition. I'm acquiring, 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 acquiring. I'm getting legs under my, because I got to pay, but I put hot dogs in the fridge. There's a lifestyle I'm used to. I want to do that. In, in scale, it is, how do I service my client base even more how do I love them more, do more with them, do more with greater efficiency without having to incur more costs to support that? And that's when businesses start to, that's when revenue growth in a business goes. But the most important thing that happens is your margin changes because your profitability goes up geometrically because you're not spending a buck to get a buck. Now you're reducing your costs and you're doing, you're doing smart business. So it's interesting to hear you talk about being in that phase with your business because it's a it's a huge thing from a from a profitability perspective. Right. You keep more of the dollar than you did before, mm-hmm. which is kind of really what it's all about. So yeah, it's easy to it's, it's easy to overdo it. Like like I have to. Hopefully, we've learned lessons over our lifetime. You know, <laughs> businesses we've been in the past. What? <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully we'll <laughs> learn from our mistakes, but, uh, but something I, I, I know for myself, I love building teams and yeah. Yeah. I you're play. really good at it. You are I, really good at it. <laughs> Thank you. 
but I have a tendency to just want to build a team. Like I want to, you know, and I've done that in the past yeah. where um, I was actually in a short period of my life. I was at a little construction company, more like remodeling, painting repair. Um, yeah. And uh, within six months I had built a team of like four or five, a crew of four or five people and we're knocking stuff out. But um, that was a case where I grew too fast. I did it too fast. And then I have all these costs and I was breaking even. I wasn't paying myself for sure. Um, you know, it's like, but uh, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm a lot more thoughtful that way now. Like I, it's very mm-hmm. tempting for me to hire another person to do something, but if the, I can't tie revenue to it or I can't, um, and I kind of learned that a little bit of rapid crush maybe too, a little bit, but, um, but uh, you learn lessons along the way, but, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I think we're going to, we're going to get better with what we have now. We're going to, we're going to get to that next level and, and improve our processes, improve what we're doing and, you know, be able to serve better and um, with what we have. And, the, and then we'll worry about it months down the road or whatever. Yeah. Right now I have, I'm doing a lot of project management more, you know, like assigning, uh, ta- you know, manage, keeping an eye on projects and, and right. a team and stuff like that. I think I'm going to be doing that for a while. I could go out and hire somebody right now, but I'm, you know, that may be six months, a year from now you know, that I just, yeah. that's the next step. So. Yeah. I think it's interesting you say that because I think when you think of things that, that can be delegated or shouldn't be delegated, there's phases in your business where there are things you shouldn't de- delegate mm-hmm. and project management to me always has been really about, it's really more relationship management. There's, there's the three rules of project management, right? Come in on time, come in in budget, and take care of your people. That's the three core tenets of project management, right? On time, on budget, take care of your people. Right. right. And, and, uh, but, but good project management, there's a whole art to that to build relationships. Because you're the interface with the client sharing pain and talking about what's going on and helping them not be anxious about changes because the clients are freaking out because stuff is changing. Right. So it's a uh, project management is its own thing. So as you're growing your business, right. Now that you're in the scale side, right. One of the efficiencies is it's, it's perfectly logical for that CEO, that founder, that person to stay close to that task and not delegate that off. Because the project management can screw your relationship stuff up. It, that's exactly right. And, and the relationships are super important. You work so hard to, to nurture those over, over time. Yeah. And, and so it's like I have a vision for a project manager, and it would look a lot like me. You know? Well. So, <laughs> maybe, maybe better looking, but... Okay. <laughs> but, but I didn't say, I didn't say anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but no, seriously, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I was actually talking to, uh, another agency. Uh, we're not doing work for yet. Uh, hopefully we'll in the future. Um, cool. uh, and we were having this conversation cause he's a developer too. So in his agency, he, he his background is development. My background is development. So we had a good um, synergy there. That was one of his problems is like he wants to work with somebody that has an understanding, you know, communication wise and understanding projects, especially in my type of agency, a web design agency, you have to know some design and development. 
in order to be able to communicate and and get projects done. And um, so that's why I say when I'm somebody like me is somebody that has that background too yeah. and just wants to be a project manager. So yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's a it's kind of that when you think about it, it's kind of that point where you start building people around you that like the folks that do, right. That go work with your client to the development is, you know, representing your business. You know, there's things that you do to vet them to ensure that they can actually do what they're going to do and that they're, they've got good acumen and they can, you know, they will go get the job done at a, at a, an above bar level. And it's the same thing kind of, I think with project management and you, one of the things that you touched on is, is, Early on as an entrepreneur, it's us that builds the relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And they do business with us. They don't do business with the get developer person or right. the graphics person. They do business with us. So if something goes wrong with Andy and Andy has screwed up a web page, you get the call. Or if Andy's done a great job, you get the call. Um, hopefully it's more of that than the, than the previous. However, and, and I'm not casting dispersions at anybody named Andy, but um, but the 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 intent is it's a it becomes a place where they've they've developed trust with you and they want to know you're going to be involved. We saw this together on projects at Rapid Crush. People want to ensure that you're involved with them all the way to the end. And there's nothing more frustrating to someone than doing a cold handoff and saying, "Hey, we're going to work together and let's close the deal." And by the way. Meet Karen. She now runs the project. Right. Well, I, I have a good example of this, and we, we probably should, uh, you know, wrap it up eventually here. But yes. uh, yeah, yeah, good. Two minutes. This is the last yeah. thing I'll, I'll talk about. Um, so I, it, it, it's, I've seen this play out recently in this past year with one of my clients who's yeah. growing his agency. He's a marketing agency. Um, full service marketing. We, I, I do the web design stuff for him or help him with that side of things. And, but his business is growing crazy. And, um, and so he's adding people along the way. At some point I got that email. I'm going to introduce you to this person. Oh yeah. And they're going to be managing the projects. And she's turned out. She's very nice. Uh, great to work with. Um, but, He's never left. He's always CC'd. He's always, he's still inputting. He's still there. She's managing it, but his, but he's still around. Like, I I don't feel like I've lost a connection with him. I just, I just see that he's just moved up a little bit, you know, like, you know, just kind of keep an eye on things that she's handling a lot of the details, but he's still there to, and we talk about uh, projects and stuff and he still sends stuff directly to me to get, you know, feedback on or whatever. But she's there more as an aide to help the process, and just now I'm working with both of them. You know, so right. I like that. That that was a good. That's been a good experience, uh, where it's yeah. not just him just giving it to somebody and be like, "Okay, see you later." <laughs> yeah, it's funny. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's one of the things that we won't. Uh, uh, there was a, a line of business that uh, we discovered that at Rabbit Crush. There was an assumption that somebody would an individual would be involved in the projects because he sold it and it was sold on his brand, his persona, all that stuff. And when that person would write that large check, they'd get me. <laughs> and the first question always was, and, then, and I may be qualified or not qualified. Right, but right. The next question was, so what happened to that guy? Yeah. 
And there was always a line of conversation. And what happened is there was a slight erosion in confidence. Mm-hmm. So there was, a, you know, somebody hit the confidence rock with a ball peen hammer and took a chip out of it. And it just, and you can't put those back. So it, it creates challenges. Now that client is wary of what's going to happen. So I do like, I think the approach that you talked about where it's kind of that gentle kind of kid glove handoff. And then later in transition, that person can be in, you know, this new individual managing projects gets introduced earlier and earlier. So cool stuff. This is, I like, this is fun. This is great stuff to talk about. It is. I I love it. This was a great conversation. It it went way better than I thought it would. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I just, I I think this is going to bring a lot of value uh, to the audience and um, I hope so. Like, like I said, I, I actually do. I, I would. I, I know I'm very new in the process. Like our conversation, as sure. I'm doing the pr- podcasting, I'm not even thinking like 50. I'd be like, well, maybe someday I'll have 500 podcasts, but then I forget about it, and I focus on the next one. And yeah. Um, but maybe we'll see you again if we do more of these. Happy to happy to come back anytime. So. Um, so if, if our listeners want to connect with you or, or you know, hang out with you on, on the social webs or anything, where do they find you? Yeah, I really don't want to hear from them. Um, <laughs> they're thinking, they can find me in multiple places. They can, uh, one of the, one of the a great places, find me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I am a Dolan, D-O-L-A-N-D, white, uh, as in like Snow White. And, uh, and I think I'm the only Dolan white on LinkedIn. They can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, my website's dolanwhite.com. And they can also reach me through that website as well. And they can send me an email there. They can listen to uh, my music. If, they wanna, if they're up for some country music, they can do that as well. Another topic we didn't touch on. Yeah. No, not next time we'll talk about music. So, so. <laughs> Get into awesome. it. Um, cool. I'll, I'll have that in the show notes too, where, where they can find you. But uh, There you go. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Well, perfect. But thank you for this. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I think thank you for taking the risk and uh, coming on today. And you know, hopefully, we won't have to delete this whole episode. And <laughs> exactly, start over, scratch it. Regardless, it. it was a quality. It was quality time. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Dolan. You're welcome. Thanks, Matt. So, how fun was that talk with Dolan? I had so much fun. I really admire him and uh, just. I'm in awe of his career and love, you know, everything about him. And, and I think there's so many more conversations we could have with him. But if you're like me, I want to go back and listen to this episode over and over again because there's so many good little nuggets in there. And it was a lot of fun. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it, too. If you want to comment on this podcast or provide me with requests on topics for future episodes or you have ideas for some future guests, because we do that now. Please find your way to mattlevenhagen.com. You can add a comment under these show notes. You may know I also run a web design agency. We build custom WordPress themes, features, manage, or maintain websites, and also run a WordPress theme marketplace called Hexeter. If you're interested in a theme, pre-built or custom, or are looking for an agency to work with as a partner to build awesome sites for your clients, feel free to reach out to me either at mattlevenhagen.com or unifiedwebdesign.com. Each have a handy contact me link at the top. 
fill out that form, and it will open a ticket. That ticket will find its way to me. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.